Welcome back to It Was Murder. We're the number one heart-to-heart podcast, if you didn't know. And we're approaching the end of season two. I'm your diehard romantic, <laughs> Eric Blood. And I'm your devoted lover, Elenito. I'm the satisfied virgin, Joe Garber. And tonight, murder takes a bow. <laughs> or bow. Or a bow. I like to think that murder took a bow. Murder took a bow. I don't know where it took it, but it's gone. <laughs> It just be gone in the night. Bye. Uh, Best community Bye, theater play. <laughs> Acting. Uh, Minute Maxes. We're going to try to sum up the plot of these episodes in 60 seconds. And 60 I get to, seconds. 60 seconds. And I get to start. Me, 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 mo, mo, mo. <laughs> unique New York. Unique New York. <laughs> she takes the socks. She takes the socks. <laughs> she hits the prick. She hits the prick. <laughs> Oh, take a bow. <laughs> you deserve it. The thick thought sat on the dick. <laughs> the thick thought sat on the dick. <laughs> That's a classic stage warm up. <laughs> I'm going to die. Okay. <laughs> it's from Shakespeare. <laughs> That's, I knew it was the bard. Uh, yeah. Uh. <laughs> Tennessee, Tennessee Williams did that all the time. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Murder takes a bow. It's time to put on makeup. It's time to light the lights. The hearts are in a community theater play with Jerry Stiller. Uh, The director of the play is a creep who murders the playwright because he's written a better play called Tricksters. And his wife apparently was fucking him, but no one cares. Um, The hearts figure this out. And when, or the hearts don't figure this out yet. They are, they're like really bummed about their friend who's a playwright being murdered, but they still go to rehearsal. And then when they leave rehearsal, someone has broken into their car and stolen the play. And Jonathan is attacked by the same trash can that Jennifer is attacked by an operation (laughs) murder. Uh, Max is suddenly put in charge of a fern that's dying. And he finds out, Hey man, this Mm -hmm. fern has a bunch of poison in it. And uh, the hearts then keep going to play rehearsals with this creep and uh the guy puts live ammunition in a prop gun and jerry stiller almost murders jennifer and then jonathan kills him wow great job how'd i do yeah Yeah, that was great (laughs) this one is it's a roller coaster of a plot line murder takes a bow the Hearts are starring in a community <laughs> theater production of Flapper Folly, uh, where the the one scene that they rehearse over and over again is Jennifer gets shot at the end. So clearly that gun is going to be replaced with a real gun, if you know anything about the Hearts universe. But that doesn't happen yet, because the playwright of this play is writing another big play, and he, it's going to be a big hit. So the director of this play goes to his house before the Hearts do to threaten the the playwright and he wants to produce that guy's play because it's going to be on broadway probably so instead the playwright doesn't want to give it to him so he murders him and the, the hearts find him murdered uh the way they find out that the guy murdered him is because jennifer knew which fern was the playwright's favorite and takes it home and she waters it a bunch but it's still dying so max takes it to a plant doctor where they find a plant killer in it which the guy tried killed the playwright with so jonathan figures this out by going to the talent agency and uh, he realizes the guy, the director put his name on the play and then Jonathan runs just to the theater and kills a guy. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> All right. Even though I just watched this and I just listened to both of you describe what happens in it. I am Eric this week. I'm just like 
what happened. Yeah. I think, well, I think we just, we just completely confused the shit out of you. With yeah, probably. <laughs> it's You're like, wait, what episode did right. I watch? It's a confusing story. All right. Murder takes a bow. Clap, 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 clap. Okay. Um, the hearts are starring in a community theater production of a play, the name of which I cannot remember, but it is described on the playbill as a scary 1920s mystery. So I am on board. Also, hilariously, one of the characters is named High Stoner, <laughs> which is my new stage name. Please only call me that. So it turns out that the director's an asshole shocker and his wife is in the play, blah, 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 because... I don't know. Everybody hates them. This guy, Frank, is a playwright, and he's like, I know you're in my play right now, Jennifer, but I wrote a play that's way better, so check that out. And Jennifer's like, oh my god, this is the greatest play ever. And Frank's like, come have lunch, and we can talk about how great I am. And then they show up, and he's dead, because he's been murdered by the asshole director while his wife watched, and she was having an affair with him. Then, um, the skeezy director, Frank, who is the murderer, kills uh, the plant. They Then he has to try and figure out all these ways to make it so the hearts don't reveal there was another plan that they murdered Frank. And then there's a bunch of fights and shit, and Jonathan maybe kills him. Yeah. <laughs> Great job, yeah. High. Good job, High Stoner. Yeah. High Stoner. Thanks. Uh, yeah, uh, and yeah, Jonathan didn't kill him. He survived that fall he just, because he, he just, his yeah, fall was broken by a, a, a perfectly placed table. Was that a table? He survived that fall because he's not a gay art demon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the one, the first thing that struck me and that I really want to talk about is that that play, that Bel Air Community Players production of Flappers Follies. Flappers Folly. Oh, Flappers Folly. Mm-hmm. Was 50 bucks Fabulous. a ticket. Yeah. And. Fifty dollars in nineteen eighty one. But the proceeds, fucking dollars. The the proceeds went to the children's shelter, the, the Los ch- Angeles children's shelter, <laughs> oh, which is that the, the same orphanage thing as the that Joe's. Yeah, <laughs> they've already blown up. Wow. So it's really I feel like even that it, it was billed as a scary, like scary nineteen twenties mystery in those exact words. Yeah. Where was the scary part? Where was the mystery? The only thing I liked about the play, besides the fact that Jerry Stiller was in it as Myron, mm-hmm. who laughs. Like, I love that they just kept doing that scene where he was supposed to throw his head back and laugh maniacally <laughs> yes. over and over again. <laughs> yeah. Because that was amazing and adorable and who doesn't love Jerry Stiller. Mm-hmm. But the only other thing that I liked about it was that um, at some point someone mentions a Pim's Cup. And then I just got distracted thinking like, hmm, a Pim's cup. That mm, does sound good. Does I've sound never good. had a, I've never had Pim's cup. Oh, well, you've never been a British person in yeah. the summer. <laughs> Trish was into Pim's cup. He for actually was last summer. Oh, I love them. They're super yummy. So yeah, 50 bucks a ticket for a community theater show. Wow. Even in Bel Air in 1981 seems ex- worth it. Exorbitant. Flappers folly. So they don't need, um, they don't need anybody's money. No, they should just be uh, paying those orphans out <laughs> <Yeah>. of pocket. <laughs> now I want to do a rewrite where the money is poisoned. I would really <laughs> like it if moving forward we could refer to, well, posthumously refer to Frank's favorite fern by its given name, which Farley. is Farley. Yes. Farley. Farley, yeah. Frank's favorite fern. Yeah. That's... Yes. So Jennifer... Farley the fern. Jennifer's clearly been to that apartment before. Mm-hmm. That's a really, I find that a really intimate thing to know about a person, which fern is their favorite. We've always find out in every episode that 
the hearts are really good friends with these people that are murdered. Yeah. Or and Jennifer was they sleeping don't with him. Give a shit. I don't think Jennifer was sleeping with him. I think she was. Maybe she was his ex. I don't know. Maybe maybe, maybe like six years ago they had a hot and heavy thing. When they bought when he bought know, Farley. Jennifer's into the arts. Mm-hmm. She's into the arts. Yeah, she's way into it. <laughs> the play was ridiculous, of course. I mean, it's <laughs> a play in a TV show is obviously going to be ridiculous, and I kind of enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed how are you talking about Flabber's Folly, or are you talking about, about Tricksters? Folly. Well, Tricksters, okay. I didn't have the pleasure of reading, but apparently, it's the greatest thing ever. Even though it is just as Max pointed out, a late show. It is full of twists and turns. Yeah, it's going to be and on twists and turns. <laughs> he even calls out that it's gaslight. Like, <laughs> oh, it's gas. It's a new gaslight. Oh. Yeah, uh-huh. I I love that. I was like, what? Why is gaslight happening so much? <laughs> End of season two. Um, I really liked the character of Frank. Um, because Frank was kind of like it's. It seems infrequent that there are well acted normal people. Yeah. in any episode and so i was like oh no i know frank's gonna get it um <laughs> mm-hmm. but frank was like kind of cool the set for his apartment i was like oh that's kind of a different set and it actually looks like an apartment that a normal mm-hmm. person who worked in the arts would live in that, that i caught that too um, i was like this is a that cute he apartment. has records fern that's the <laughs> fern element is a great way to give clues about frank's murder or that frank has been murdered i think the fact that he names his fern yeah seems kind of weirdly in character it speaks to the to the friendship between jennifer and frank and i just thought that was clever that's a clever device yeah yeah i feel those weren't harvey wallbangers yeah no ew oh yeah. I was like, what's that? That's like shitty poison iced tea. That's iced tea. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. I was like, what's the fuck's that? I feel like Estelle had the biggest arc in the episode. She adapted so well to finding out that her director husband is a murderer who killed someone right in front of her. She was in on the plan. No, she was not. She, she was wasn't. Not. Oh, well, she's like, she, what are you doing? She just did she not didn't react. Give a shit at uh, all. Yeah. And she's, no, but then she's kind <laughs> of in shock. And then she does have the redemptive arc. She saves Jennifer's life. Yeah. And she yells out that her husband did it. Yeah. Oh, mm hmm. Yeah, this is a just <laughs> kind of amazing. I almost forgot that he attempted to murder Frank in the first scene of the episode yeah. by cutting a sandbag yeah. down. Oh yeah, which Jonathan very nonchalantly says, "Look out!" and pushes yeah. this dude out of the way, never dropping his coffee mug. <laughs> I would love to see the statistics on people actually getting killed by sandbags because virtually every single mystery TV show that has a scene in a theater involves somebody cutting something out of the rigging. It's yes. either like, I mean, to me, like the contemporary version of that, where the light track comes mm-hmm. swinging down, like mm-hmm. that seems more likely to just fucking kill you. Although I guess, you know, a sandbag would break your neck or knock you stupid. Yeah. But I had that exact often thought. has that really happened. You have to be like in the exact right place. Yeah. You, that, that can't hop happen that often, but it happens often enough that it's written about 30,000 <laughs> times. I've seen, I've seen thousands of scenes where something falls right. in a theater and after, almost kills somebody. Right. After watching the YouTube videos of that Peter Pan play, that like high school <laughs> yeah. Peter Pan production where everything goes <laughs> wrong, which everyone should look up and watch, uh, there's no way that people die from a sandbag falling because yeah. no one in that p- production well, died. <laughs> I think it's more likely that people will die of exhaustion from having to watch that trope over and over again. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it's like, 
that seems more deadly than numbing repetition of that as a method. And it's like, that's actually, I don't think that that ever worked or ever happened. Mm. That seems like something that maybe like in 1802, there was a sad little blurb in the evening London Evening <laughs> Standard that some, some hapless yeah. flack got nailed by a sandbag or something like that. <laughs> but I mean, honestly, like at that point in history, people were more likely to burn alive in like <laughs> the theater or whatever with but like one boring. exit and a bunch of open <laughs> oil lamps or yeah. gas, modern but style gas lighting. If you go to the theater, luminol, like <laughs> if you go to the theater at that point, you're 50% chance of seeing someone burning alive. So it's boring to people. They want to see the more specific pinpointed accuracy of a hundred pound sandbag hitting someone on the head. That's more, much more exciting. Right. I mean, to me, that's just what you do on in when you're trying to get those Scooby-Doo kids to get in their mystery machine and beat it the fuck out of your town. <laughs> yeah. Cause all you're trying to do is make it so no one goes into the haunted theater and so you can sell it and build like, I don't know, a factory or some shit on it. <laughs> so it's like what foods. you do is you do you do the sandbag as a warning. Mm. Sandbag's a warning. <laughs> it's a warning show. It went straight through that table. I mean, 100 pound Haunted sandbag. Haunted theater warning. Haunted theater warning <laughs> is the sandbag. Actually, a 100 pound sandbag probably wouldn't kill. I don't know. It would hurt a lot. It well, if hurt. it falls on you, it would kill you if it hit you just right. In your head, maybe. Oh my god, yeah. Yeah, From that's that probably true. Yeah. I have but, to imagine that that's the original draw for theater was that you might see someone die. <laughs> oh, that's why people went to turn off the dark, the Spider-Man <laughs> musical. <laughs> I just people went yeah. to that. Oh yeah. I am not a <laughs> I'm not gone. a theater fan. Uh I I don't it makes theater makes me very right, uncomfortable. I forget that. It makes right. me very very uncomfortable. Uh but uh yeah i i imagine if everyone were like me which which everyone is not that the only reason they would have gone <laughs> in the og <laughs> days of of old broadway was to see a motherfucker die because the sandbag <laughs> squished them during a performance <laughs> it would happen back and now though. a lighting well, rig <laughs> um at some points in history sometimes women would go uh with you know of course with the man to the theater because it was one of the few fucking things they were allowed to do outside of their house. Yeah. Um, that might even resemble any kind of enjoyment yeah. whatsoever. Mm-hmm. For a lot of but people. But instead you still... just go and your husband like gets shot in the head or whatever and mm. you know. Don't bring in politics. Don't bring in politics. Don't bring in those we're Lincoln not, we're not allowed to talk about politics. politics. <laughs> don't bring in the log cabin Republicans. Um <laughs> Uh, for me, the dumbest part about the sandbag misfire is that that Tony guy, the asshole director, mm. um, like that guy's got a fucking knife in his pocket to cut the rope or whatever. It's just like, come on. Yeah. That guy sucked. Come on. I was excited, though, that we had a villain whose motive wasn't money again. I did like that. It, for the first half it wasn't money and then money sort of did get mixed up a little bit in it kind of at the end but not really he's a passionate director he's a proud community theater director (laughs) and he wants to move to broadway and he'll he's willing to do anything to get there and i like that a lot i think that's so funny (laughs) one of my favorite lines from asshole director tony when he's talking to a sound he's like no more of this tacky community theater crap Mm -hmm. (laughs) i was just thinking like my thoughts exactly yeah yeah tony He's he's working his way up the ladder, and, and he's just so fed up with life in that. But his his wife being rich, oh yeah, what a great plan! Yeah, Estelle 
was super rich. Yeah. She's rich. So it seems like he could have used her money to pay for some sort of Broadway play at this point. I don't know. 100%. In real mm-hmm. life in real life her money would have gotten him wherever he he wanted to be uh for at least a shot. Yeah. And that just yeah, it was just a just a mess. I also think Estelle had a lot of time to go to the police after she saw and then she kept giving him hints like jennifer read the play so she knows that the play she's going to ruin your plan i don't think she meant that meant to have him murder her jennifer but she said it and then just whatever that guy did was his own business for her i guess she just wasn't thinking i don't know what was she on board with killing people was she not she was like very loosely playing no, this weird I, I don't think she was but she wasn't scared at all she was, she was kind uh, of living her normal was, life yeah that's i'm with joe she was a little too nonchalant about the entire thing for <laughs> her to not be somewhat like Oh, I think not, she was freaked okay out. It. She's in shock, just traumatized. I think she was freaked out. I mean, she was having an affair with that guy. I think there's still has a lot tied up in it. She's married mm. to that murderous asshole, mm. and she was having an affair with that guy. So it's like there's a lot of different ways that Estelle could have the finger pointed at her in that situation. And then once you go, you know, 20 minutes without telling anybody, then you're fucked. Yeah. So yeah, totally you know. true. But he, I can't beat up Estelle because there's so many characters in this series who don't do shit about <laughs> yeah. anything. Including the hearts. Um, sh- right. So, And he threatened me. to kill. He did threaten to kill her in the, in the very first scene when yeah. he killed uh, Frank. He said, I forget what he says exactly, but not. he's like, I'll kill you too if you right. tell anybody. That, that also seems like motivation for her to not say anything. Yeah. I would still. At least for a while. I think if I was her, I would at least pretend to be sick or something to not have to be around <laughs> just I don't know. I'd remove myself from my daily <laughs> obligations I think if that happened in front of me but apparently I'm sorry but everyone was so invested in flapper follies yeah, that flappers like, folly like you <laughs> except for a guy with mustache who's like what the fuck are we doing here uh, yeah. Larry dead. Larry who, who I was I, as soon as he did that I was like thank you Larry I am <laughs> I'm so on your side <laughs> uh, and I, I was like that's my poke and then he peeled his I mustache stoner. off and I was like oh never mind <laughs> I stoner <laughs> I stoner I stoner uh, there there's actually a lot of funny things to talk about in this episode but since we were talking <laughs> about Tony his three blind mice rendition <laughs> oh my god Ooh, yeah that was good so good Creepy. that blew my mind i love creepy. that what a so creepy that's so creepy that at, there's a moment where i'm like is this beretta now <laughs> right like it's that crossover. was beretta level creepiness he is that's a dark dark beretta moment he's showing it's that's where i think it's not about money for him he is obviously oh, it's not about a money musical. it's not about money his it's wife's about rich right so it's a yeah. musical and theater. about not having talent community theater director gone insane and i love that for a villain i love that so much he might be he's one of my favorite villains just because of that yeah it's so mm. good i think he's a great because villain. of the little ditty the little ditty and just him being a community the- theater director that wants more in life and <laughs> is willing to do anything to get it i love that art I, for a character i do too i love an <laughs> aspirational villain like i i love it when it's like i'm willing to do anything to to achieve my goal yeah my weird like <laughs> and his goal is not to my be rich. Bullshit for me, goal. i i had a moment where i was like estelle where she's all <gasps> you murdered him for a play yeah like she legit says that to him and then it's he like says, great question estelle <laughs> he says he's all fuck yes i did 
a quote there, and I had to look it up. He says, my darling, as, as Mr. Shakespeare said, the play is the thing. And I was thinking, that's a Shakespeare quote? That doesn't, what the fuck does that mean? The play is the thing? It's just like, that's, that's like a thing that somebody could the say. The thing. Yeah. And I had to look it up. It's Hamlet. Uh, he's using, using the play as an instrument to touch the conscious conscience of claudius he wants to make him aware of the fact that he knows who actually killed his father and i was like i don't know that just confused me i was i don't know shakespeare quotes very well but that was a really weird one but well i think it's because the play because the play tricksters was in some way this uh story of estelle and her crazy husband Mm -hmm. right like am i am i I wrong that was the perfect (laughs) use of of that quote clever theater reference mm-hmm. appropriate to creepy tony's character mm-hmm. but perhaps i am just that as a quote it's just something. of overused shakespeare quotes mm-hmm. i am <laughs> you are Helen. hi you are i was disappointed that murder got in the way of the hearts eating crepes a la reine which <laughs> oh, are really yeah. good that's what and they were the, gonna have for lunch and yeah. there's there's chablis uh, that's my, right two bottles two bottles so two bottles of chablis in the we, I think we need. I'm always trying to make up new segments for the podcast, but one segment could be the Are murderer you? is a fucking idiot. Really? <laughs> I just think, yeah. That's a segment. Murderers are idiots. The murderer, something. I'm sorry, have, Eric. I cut you off. We have to be a snappier name. But now we have to focus on Joe's segments. Yeah, we have to focus on my segment. Um, it's never about me. The murderer is so <laughs> is so stupid. I, I, I'll come up with a snappy name for it. Yeah. <laughs> But just if is it is the name just Joe talking? Yeah. If you put because I, I feel like that's already been a segment, but it just hasn't been cadged as such. It's not. There's like not a, like a little, little everything I say is within a segment. Um, we need a theme song for this segment too. But on it. if if you put yourself in the shoes of the murderer, and when you go to the door of the person you're going to murder, and they say they answer, "Oh, you're early." The hearts. It's the or what does he say? Jonathan and Jennifer, you're early. Yeah. I think I would choose another time to murder that person because you're 100% correct. That's just like bad planning. Yeah. That's, I really got, I got that. In, I, I caught that too. And I was like, well, you guys maybe, uh, maybe alter wait. your plan a little bit. Maybe cut a few more ropes at the, yeah. On stage to see if you can nail you can whack that mole. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, that was a, that was a bad move. If the victim is expecting. I noticed people- it, but I didn't, I didn't care that much about it because mm-hmm. they were like, in and out pretty fast it's true and just not thought out his whole plan although he did bring plant killer in a little envelope <laughs> he he filled that glass with that powder and his his drink was so cloudy i yeah. was like that's not that's not a harvey Wallbanger anymore i look at everything that i put in my mouth like i look at it and if it's suddenly if my if my <laughs> i find that weird if my cabernet is suddenly pink mm. i am not gonna drink mm, it you're saying no go and this, and this has been the murderer is an idiot. <laughs> the murderer wow, is an idiot. Wow, what an idiot. uplifting segment. <laughs> For a Muppet Show episode, it was way more enjoyable than previous excessively Muppety episodes. But this was like mm. legit. This was an actual episode of the Muppet Show. Like <laughs> if there was ever a murder mystery <laughs> on an episode of the Muppet Show. I sort of like that this, uh, for some reason, maybe it's because it's just such a small, a small story, like a tightly contained narrative, that it really magnifies even more than usual how cheap life is in the hearts world. Yeah. Like, I mean, again, Estelle, you killed him for a play? 
It's like that dude didn't even know if the play was good or not. He just killed Frank for the fuck of it. I mean, that play could have sucked. It could have been even worse than Flapper's Folly. Frank's quote, first attempt at camp, at high camp. Which is like you're you wrote a play, an original play for a community theater. Your next play is not going to be a hit. Mm, you never know. No, I know. Also, just think <laughs> if you knew that thre- threatening people's lives was going to get them to do whatever you want, like he did with Estelle, wouldn't you want to keep the writer around to write you more plays to direct? Yeah, that's that's another good point. Uh, He's going. There was a moment. I, there was a moment where I forgot that the the police showed up and the lieutenant from mur- the murder of Jonathan Hart arrived and uh, did the great wine, women, and whoopee line. Yeah. Uh, right. Where I thought maybe That's... Frank's not dead. Like I thought that would have been a good double twist. If, yeah. If Frank was not dead, <laughs> if if Frank and Tony were maybe a a couple, and <laughs> he also like, says, "Ooh, ever double hear, twist." You ever hear of the snow capped hills of Hollywood? <laughs> oh, right after he said oh, party a, types, anything they can drink. sniff, smoke, or swallow. Sniff, mm. smoke, or swallow. That was <laughs> right. Art, I was just like so good opens a lot of opportunity by my estimation yeah the snow capped hills of hollywood and the hearts just have like the blankest looks ever on their faces <laughs> yeah you have to show them a scale for them to know that you're talking about right, cocaine like, <laughs> they that's live- used cocaine. for dope dope <laughs> they live on the snowiest peak <laughs> jennifer knew uh, that what did she knew that drug was she tasted it and she immediately or something in uh, mexico no, she didn't taste murder. it. Oh, she, she didn't. She, she just, never tasted it. She just looked at it she in saw the, the bag. She just immediately knew, though. She saw the scales and was like, "I did a, I did a piece on drug cartels, and that's used mm-hmm. for dope." Oh, okay. Mm. That, that tracks. That makes sense. That checks out. I hope that um, this is not the last appearance of a spectacular uh, trash can interception. Yeah, I guarantee. I can. I not even knowing. I can guarantee <laughs> you that another trash can is going to be involved. This season has been trash can heavy. Mm. Like I think it's the true. Trash the can- lid. Yes. <laughs> first, first trash can is helper. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> trash can is hindrance. Mm-hmm. I mean, trash can is really doing a lot. They say they, the trash this, can is the, earning its pay. The can in this episode almost killed Jonathan. Mm-hmm. Maybe they should have probably taken him to the hospital, but then the lid later on saves their lives when they're fighting the gorilla. Trash can, not trash cannot. <laughs> yeah, trash can. <laughs> the best scene when they're trying on costumes. We have to talk about that. Scene. Yeah, so it's very uh, snowman. I thought that scene was scary. The, the <laughs> really? when the gorilla costume like oh up, that's up starts scary. moving. That was really Ooh, creepy. They did a really good that job was of that. Really creepy, I and just it. far enough away where it was like, Ugh, and she's just frozen, like watching the gorilla suddenly start to walk towards them and it was far enough away that it was i felt it was legitimately creepy good thing that he didn't have a plan he had to grab a sword from a knight in the room to attack (laughs) jonathan with he didn't bring even a little knife he had to ad lib his whole attack the idea that he got into that gorilla costume before the hearts went in to uh try on their costumes and just sat there and waited Mm -hmm. (sighs) that i like that I like it, but it doesn't track. Like this, this guy is not that devoted to this plan. I, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, if he's really good at murdering people, then the hearts don't catch him. That's true. They, <laughs> they'd both just, be dead. I'm sorry that I'm always the one that's like, I don't really care about that. 
<laughs> like, is this is not a cinema verite or a documentary? <laughs> thing. I just love delighting and like asking. It's not like of, my test at detective school. Like, what did this criminal do wrong? <laughs> like, um, everything. There were quite a all few the things. The hearts, though, like just didn't give a shit about anything. Like they they had a crack for every. It's not like a model got killed. Yeah, that's that's requires a morning. I mean, let's period. be real. Mm-hmm. It was a playwright, not a model. Mm-hmm. A playwright who they're such good friends with that Jennifer knows the name of his favorite firm. Right, yeah. but again, is he a model? I mean, he's okay looking, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they did it like they're they're being approached by a guy in a gorilla, a scary guy in a gorilla costume, who then picks yes. up a sword and they just cut. They crack jokes. Yeah, she says, I think we ought to... 23 skidoo. 23 skidoo. What, he says something. He says another thing like, like cool down, Jack, or some bullshit. Like, it, <laughs> to the gorilla? Yeah. It, hmm. it, again, we're, we're in Muppet Show territory. Like this, this, The music in this episode was so pervasively obnoxious. Oh, my God. Uh, every scene was just like, it's music time. That ragtime. Right, they wheel the calliope in. Yeah, yeah that was painful. <laughs> oh no! And I want to. So, since we're talking about costumes, I want to talk about the hearts with Max going to going, uh, yeah, Frank's apartment to pretend to be decorators with Mrs. Perkins. <sighs> yeah, who was wearing the great caftan uh, that that I kind of want. Yeah, and was rightfully skeptical of these weird people totally. showing up to her building but right Max after Frank was, turns up dead. Max yeah. was so hot that she didn't give a shit. And then Jennifer right. pimps Max out immediately. She doesn't even. That was awkward. Yeah. While, while Jonathan plays the offensive gay, like instead, unlike Joey Pants in the last episode, <sighs> who was just kind of gay, like did a little effeminate flair. There are so many impersonations of decorators this season. I don't know because it was 1981. Like that's that was like the that was high comedy in 1981. That mm. went on until this the season 90s. Is- this season is challenging us with its many uh, impersonations of being a gay man mm-hmm. and also Japanese shit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is. It's weird. So goodbye, season two. Yeah, season goodbye. two. Is, season two has eliminated the hearts. Uh, Thanks for the sticks music. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the hearts Thanks were the so. The, the, in season one, the hearts were like so socially aware and conscious and. And you know they they were very conscious, yeah, socially conscious. And there were uh, like one hundred percent fewer gay impersonations. Yeah, mm, true. Stereotypical gay impersonations. Yeah, uh, but, you but know. like we've seen it done a couple of times decently in this season, and and now it's like there's a spectrum for sure. Yeah, mm. and there's a spectrum across. Asian cultural things too. So I guess it's fair to say like there's a spectrum. Yeah. So we can we can dig into that at the when we're done with the entire series, I think. There's definitely gonna be an arc. The hearts had a cute moment in bed when Jonathan had the ice pack on his head. Yeah. And he says, You're gonna melt my ice cubes, and she says exactly what I had in mind, yeah. which is great little foreplay. It's not grotesque. I like that. It's cute. <laughs> I like that fade scene. Fade to black, but then fade up from that moment and they go into the scene where they're trying to get into the apartment and she pimps Max out and Max says to the lady, <laughs> got my trusty ruler right in my pocket. Yeah. And that's Ooh. disgusting. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, that was a bit much. And then the... Oh. the Really? You... 
the coiner of first mate finds that he, offensive? That, I didn't coin. What's happening? Jonathan coined first mate. <laughs> yeah, the, I don't. He I wasn't can't. talking about his dick. That's the that's the point. That's Jonathan another, was not I, talking about his. It's dick. another snow-capped is, hill. I will cru- be crucified on. <laughs> that is something that that can be discussed. I do. I do. I, I tend to lean more towards Joe towards Joe's camp with the first mate thing. Um, no. That was one hundred percent. No, always like oh. that was one hundred percent a a uh, penis reference. This the, definitely was. I have a ru- I have my trusty ruler in my pocket to this woman, Mrs. Perkins, who is like Miss Perkins, who is just like mm-hmm. I fucking Max from the minute he shows up. Yeah, that's definitely about his dick. And leaving her weird uh, brown lipstick on his cheek. <laughs> Ugh. Yeah, and they want to measure her apartment. Ugh, I don't know. That just did not make sense. And also, None of that made sense. Just the hearts. I found myself thinking about the, them <laughs> again in this episode, but it was instead of just them as murderers, obvious, the obvious murderers of all these people, <laughs> if I was a cop, I would be like, you did it, clearly. You've been at the crime scene. You've discovered like 30 bodies at this point. You are murdering these people. That aside, I was thinking, what is the hearts? Is there a real life couple now or like i guess it doesn't have to be a couple is there a real life person that is the status of the hearts that you guys can think of because i'm confused they're starring in community plays but they're also <laughs> talked about on in gossip columns and that to my mind is two different levels of we d- we discussed this in the first season and i thought that we decided that bill and melinda gates were the closest thing but to that's, the hearts that's like richest in the world <laughs> so no they're not richest like i'm just wondering how rich are the hearts i think they're like mid-level like i don't know like i think of some donors at the museum that are like kind of there really okay it's yeah like, we're like they're just rich enough and engaged enough and whatever but they're not nationally known. But in ter- in terms of like a cop saying like I think you guys are the murderers. I mean, if that was a thing like the cops in River Heights would be like, uh Nancy and Carson Drew are here again. I think it's time <laughs> to finally lock them up. Right. You know, yeah. it's like you that's to, not a thing. You have to throw These that are out not the these are not skilled policemen by any no, means. And even true. though the hearts are in Bel Air and Los Angeles proper, apparently, you know. But the hearts are known. They're not celebrities. But they are, they're gossiped about a little they're bit. They're in the society pages. They really, they ride okay. that line though. Like the show rides that line of them being celebrities versus uh-huh. them being just, just rich people. people. Yeah. Because Peggy, like Peggy has Richard Avedon spreads of, of Jonathan Hart. <laughs> yeah. Like taped to her wall, like exactly. multiple model shots. <laughs> well, that, last that, week, just last week, they were posing for a fashion magazine. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. I think that they're, you know, they're just like any of those couples that are in like the times magazine style section or whatever, just like a well-off celebrity couple. That's kind of glamorous, mm-hmm. okay. you know, like now with the internet, people aren't reading the society pages the way they might've, but they're definitely, they would definitely be like in paparazzi pictures at like benefits at storm King, you know, like in the Sunday New York times, there's always, all of the party people and there's very recognizable couples of, with a certain amount of money. I think they're like that. It's okay. like a Stephanie Seymour and what Peter Brandt or something. Okay. I'm just trying to, oh, I'm wondering if those real life people, if you could ever see them starring in a community theater production in Bel Air, is that a realistic possibility at all for the, these? 
the only thing Again, that I, I can I can't find realism anywhere here. <laughs> yeah, I so yeah, I can't comment. But there's no place for don't realism let that stop you. <laughs> the only the only parallel that I can think of is uh, Paris Hilton, like yeah. like. But she's in movies, like bigger but, productions. Yeah, but she's not a movie star. She's just in movies because she's yeah. Paris Hilton, right. and you see her, and you're like, "Oh well." And I'm also this is obviously like ten to fifteen year old information because uh, she ain't doing shit now. <laughs> uh, but like, it's the fame for fame's sake thing that society pages offered, Social. and yeah. that whole thing, like that's kind of dead. It is now or, Instagram, and and it's on steroids now. Or, or well, now yeah. we just call it something different. Well, now we call it reality TV. Now it's Real Housewives. Influencer. No, now we say people are influencers or mm-hmm. it girls or whatever. Yeah. yeah, I consider the hearts to be more aligned with the Kardashians or uh, like reality TV kind of shit. That seems too big. Well, it mm. is now, right? But in 1981. Yeah, like uh, the society pages would have been it. They would. Like, I think they would have. I mean, I hate to say it, but it could. You could closely align it with Donald Trump and Ivanka Trump in the early eighties. I'm cutting this. Where out. they would pop I'm up. This out. Mm. <laughs> I don't have his name in this podcast. <laughs> I mean, to me, the show tells me enough about where they're at, celebrity wise, and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, they like to solve mysteries. None of it's real. Right. They are rich, and they star, in and they theater. have a lot of weird hobbies. Yeah, flying kites. That's why I'm Bill and Melinda Gatesing them is because they're they're just rich, and they're they're but they're like the rich, some of the richest people in the world. Though that's a whole different level of rich. But we're not the hearts aren't presented as not the richest people in the world. Like they're prese- they're they're literally they can do anything. They they fly wherever the fuck they want. They have friends that are at in embassies of every place they mm-hmm. go to that's out of the country. Bacopa, mm-hmm. uh, like <laughs> they're they go to Bacopa whenever they, they want. save an entire village in all Bacopa. One, all one places they go outside of the country. And but yeah, much, like it's, um, they, I don't I don't I don't see right. that as different. I, again, I don't know why. Why I'm, I'm sorry. I need to excuse myself again. <laughs> what did you fart? <laughs> nope i just i don't i realize i i keep accidentally thinking i have a dog in this fight <laughs> I, I have a i have a dog in every single fight and you have zero in any fight they much like jonathan though bill gates did just have an idea about transistors <laughs> so that's i think that's why that. I, I just think about them as you know they're 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 presented as wealthy art entrepreneurs mm-hmm. uh and who is a wealthy entrepreneur right now? And it's Bill and Melinda Gates. Like mm-hmm. it's not Elon Musk, whose dad owned a, a, an emerald mine yeah. and he bought Tesla. Mm-hmm. Like it's, that's not the same thing as, right. Right. as Jonathan Hart to me. And I know that this is all like, that's it. This is all fiction and it's all idealized fiction at that. Right. But that's, you know, if Bill and Melinda Gates were in a community theater play, that would be fucking hilarious. And that would actually, like, ex- that would explain why the tickets were 50 fucking dollars. Yeah, and those orphans would be getting a ton of money because I'd pay to go see that. Well, that's why, <laughs> that answers the question. That's why the tickets are $50. It's a benefit performance. That's right. why it's $50. Right. Um, again, though, I would have the murder situation take place not during a rehearsal, but during the actual event. It would be... 
It would multiply the excitement by three times for me. It would prevent people from, it would further prevent people from prevent stopping your murder. Uh, like, yeah, I think uh, that, I yeah, it just seems like a budgetary thing where they don't want to pay a bunch of extras to sit in a theater audience yeah. or they didn't have the, maybe they didn't have the money for it. But oh, this episode was so blatantly like we ain't got the money for anything. Like just, <laughs> I guess just you can't get really some f- actors. They got Jerry Stiller. Yeah. Is he, was he a big actor at this point? Mm hmm. Really? Oh, yeah. Only thing I know him from is Seinfeld. <laughs> no, he Jerry Stiller and and his wife. Uh, what? What? It's and Mira. Mira, thank you. Mira Stiller. Uh, and Mira Stiller. Oh, and Mira. Stiller and Mira. The they were a, a comedy duo that was quite big. Oh, I didn't mm-hmm. know that. Okay. Yeah, Jerry Stiller is a fucking superstar. Yeah, as is Anne Mira. Like she's amazing. I love her every time I see her. She's so good. I wish that she would have shown up in this episode, like just in a bit part. Right. Why wasn't she Millie? <laughs> yeah. I don't have any, much like the fashion show thing, I don't have any problem with it happening during rehearsal. I mean, to me, it makes sense because the whole, our whole exposure to Flapper's Folly is rehearsal. I think it, yeah. So, oh, but you know what blows my yeah. mind is that after all the shit goes down after all the mayhem ensues at the <laughs> rehearsal and the director <laughs> is thrown off of a balcony and I assume <laughs> arrested the play still goes on. What? Well, it's a benefit you guys. Yeah, it is a benefit. Where does it end? <laughs> I just, I, I'm really confused by this. Like no time, no time for grief. <laughs> the show must go on. That was it's not going to, it's not going to bring him back. It was a big thing that when they canceled the rehearsal because they were grieving uh frank though mm-hmm. because that usually they don't grieve of course the they didn't cancel murdered. they just stopped early they stopped yeah. early one rehearsal you're right yeah, yeah. and then came back the next day to continue then, rehearsals yeah. they took half a day off but even that amount of grieving in a heart to heart episode is kind of rare we don't really see that a lot they is, just kind I still, of the move on with their lives I, latest in high fashion was the most grief i've ever seen the hearts experience or express i don't actually want to watch the hearts grieve for 20 minutes an episode i don't either there's so many murders it would be a significant percentage of screen time <laughs> devoted to the grieving it's true you know that i'm just like i'm i'm so speaking from a modern television perspective when i talk about that because it's like yeah i can see the episode playing out with genuine grief and whatever and it is just a very dark very dark very like yeah (laughs) like different show jennifer very different show (laughs) because after two two or three episodes you would have to have the episode of the hearts reckoning with their lifestyle (laughs) it's like why do we know all these murderers (laughs) yeah and then it becomes a thing about capitalism which actually i want to see this show i actually want to see this show but i don't want it to be heart to heart i want heart to heart to be heart to heart and i like what it is Oh, I thought you meant the show Flappers Fall. Exciting news. Heart to heart is heart to heart. Whoa. Thank God. Yep. Do you guys think poisoning is Ooh. a feminine way to kill somebody? Statistically. Statistically speaking, yes. <laughs> it is? I love that we both. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, statistically, poisoning is the way women kill people. Oh, I didn't know this. Yeah. yeah. Huh. Okay, so yes, then that takes care of that. Yes. Because I was surprised okay. when Jennifer said that's a very feminine way to that No, that is like statistically... Huh. Yeah. I guess that's how I would do it. So I guess I'm a feminine murderer. Seems way less messy than any other way. 
Uh, I don't want to talk about how I would murder people because oh uh, I don't want to give anyone a leg up. When I'm found, <laughs> when I'm found with a hundred pound sandbag, I guess it depends on, on who it head. is. That's the thing. Some, some, sometimes I'm like, no, I want, my, I want to get my hands dirty. <laughs> like, there's got to be some bludgeoning. Eric doesn't want suspicion when I'm found with a hundred pound sandbag <laughs> smashed over my head. The suspicion would be why we were at a theater. That would be the yeah. all the suspicion necessary. Is like, wait. Eric Blood was at a theater. And I'd be look up right. at you and be like, we need to start questioning him. Like, wait, you hate <laughs> yeah. theater, and that's when the same Already a problem. Me. Well, okay, let's quickly talk about clothes because the only clothes that were worth mentioning were Estelle's. True. But uh, she was dressed like a bank president every yeah. single day. Her shiny. It made me toe. feel claustrophobic <laughs> to think of going to a play rehearsal wearing high necked uh taupe blouses so many different high neck shiny taupe blouses although i wasn't a big fan of uh the just the preponderance of puce colored polo shirts (laughs) yeah that was bad too i thought you were gonna say the the costumes they wore oh jennifer's flappery dress and didn't like it jonathan's Mm. dandy i like jerry stiller's wig that was cool oh i liked max's shakespearean outfit at the end i actually i was like that's that's a a pretty good cut and i like the pinstripes and Mm. you could actually wear that Mm -hmm. i would say he's more likely to be cast as polonius but there you go (laughs) um yeah the clothing meet me this episode was a dud yeah kind of a dud Fashion wise, one caftan does not uh, fashion episode make. I wasn't even a huge fan of that caftan. It was a very busy print oh, on brown. I like the I like the caftan. Um, that I was okay with it. It kind of made me think of Esther Raleigh. The uh, <laughs> talent agent character is thank a you, real... Eric. Thank you. Please acknowledge <laughs> Esther. I get you. I, I got you. Thank you. The, the talent agent character is a real fuck you to talent agents everywhere. The talent agent was pretty funny. He had to, he was either on coke or he had to pee so bad. He was one hundred percent on coke. Oh man, that was like everything about that guy was like I am an office worker on cocaine. Mm-hmm. Those glasses, everything about it, right? He looked like he was going to come out of his skin, mm-hmm. which is kind of a great fuck you to agents. Yeah, he seemed like he knew what he was doing though. <laughs> Yeah, represented cocaine. a lot of people. Yeah, cocaine. And then when Jonathan leaves his place, I forget what he says, but Jonathan says, "Yeah, at shoe business." Oh, he says he's gonna. This is how he gets his foot in the door, and yeah. he says that's shoe business. That's shoe business. It was a bad joke. Really weird. It was about. It, it was like a, and a slightly and clever show <laughs> and show business. We only got one LA Mobile. I know. Jonathan only know. said one LA Mobile. What a weird. LA Mobile, blah, blah, blah. Get me the number for Bel Air community players. Like, that's a number? Mm-hmm. Jonathan's driving scene, I actually kind of oh. loved because it was, it was like, <laughs> we can't do a car chase because there's no, like, there's no one chasing him. <laughs> yeah. Right. But we can do LA traffic. And <laughs> so they just had a weird collision that he goes around on the sidewalk and almost runs over a police officer which mm-hmm. i was like okay well you're gonna get chased mm-hmm. and then i thought oh clever you're gonna get chased by a cop and they're gonna end up at the theater and then plan foiled mm-hmm. nope then he just ends up in another weird neighborhood in bel-air yeah. assuming <laughs> where he almost hits a station wagon pulling out of their driveway mm-hmm. <laughs> 
It was like the most mundane car chase ever. When Tony's breaking into the Hart's car in full balaclava. Mm. Yep. Um, impromptu balaclava. <laughs> um, there's the most gorgeous red Porsche parked right by their car. Did you notice no, I that? I didn't, didn't see it. Like just conspicuous, um, beautiful, brand new, shiny Porsche. Weird. Yeah. They have like a, a budget for that, but they don't have the budget to fill an audience. What the fuck? <laughs> I was my mind was erased when Jonathan. They fell wouldn't over have that needed to can. fill the audience to have it happen during the actual play. Yeah, they would have needed like one spotlight on one portion of the audience. They could have had crew members do it. I just don't understand it. It's just far. I don't have a problem with the rehearsal thing. I don't either. Superior plot point. Also, Jonathan rushing to the theater, he had no idea that the gun, he knew that the director was a murderer at that point. Yes. But he didn't, I mean, maybe he assumed well, that the gun he, was going to be Well, and he also knew that Jennifer was the only other person that knew about the play. Uh, mm-hmm. What else? I had one other note. Um, I really liked the line, it all began at the Hotsy Totsy Club. What is that? <laughs> that was Jennifer's line from, <laughs> from the play. Uh, <laughs> from, uh, that does sound scary. Whatever it is. Frowsy flappers or whatever it's called. Flappers folly. Flappers folly. <laughs> well, speaking of flappers. No. It's time for Pick, pick Your, your poke. poke. Uh Larry. Yeah. Larry in the play. Oh, wait. Oh. The main it's, guy with the mustache that he got. The guy off. the guy who took his mustache off. Uh saw him early when he was cleaning up the mess with Jerry Siller, and I was like, You are adorable. And I looked him up. And he played Tom Arnold in the, <laughs> I think, Lifetime original movie about Roseanne and Tom Arnold. That was like a real shit show. <laughs> but he was real cute. Wow. Yeah. Huh. I like Larry. Me? Um, my, mine is also Larry, but it's the Larry Breeding is the guy who played Frank, the playwright. Um, if he got a haircut, he would definitely need to get a haircut. But he's oh, very yeah, handsome. He kind of looked like the dad from Poltergeist, which is a really good look, I think. Ooh, Craig T. Nelson. Craig T. Nelson. Mm. But I also found out while Googling Larry Breeding, he died in a car wreck the year after this was uh, taped, no! unfortunately. Yeah. But he's a very handsome man. And a lot a really of the cast job. in this episode is dead. Like, <laughs> I, I know that. It is a show from the That 80s. has a lot to do with the fact that it's 50 <laughs> years old. But it's, it, I, I yeah. was looking up all of these actors and it was like, Oh shit, they're all dead. It's a show from the eighties curse when you're allowed to have people over 30 on a TV show. This is true. So this is true. But yeah, Ellen, you got anything? Nope. The garbage can, the gorilla (laughs) garbage can, garbage cannot. Apparently the garbage cannot. I just wonder why this trash can, she fell over a trash can onto grass in a park. Jonathan fell over a trash can onto pavement in a, parking garage and she gets to go to the hospital and he doesn't well i think they learned their lesson don't go to the hospital yeah that's true can you i would love it if (laughs) this episode begins the way it begins the director is trying to murder the playwright um he murders him the hearts go outside jonathan chases someone robbing their car Trips over a trash can, gets a concussion, gets sent to the hospital where he witnesses a murder. Yeah. <laughs> like, let's just let it snowball. Like, mm-hmm. before, like, yeah, I, I love that idea. Let it snowball like the Hollywood Hills. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My one rewrite I don't have fully baked yet, but it would have something to do with that uh, children's shelter and the poisonous money going towards it. The poisoned money from the play. <laughs> it would be money poisoning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh. 
<laughs> all their good intentions towards the it. shelter. I love it. Turn bad. Well, should we do ratings? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I start zero to five hearts, and I'm giving this one a three. Mm. Uh, it was very enjoyable, uh, even though it was super, super wacky, but it was enjoyable. Like I, I, li- I liked that the plot was just a simple, concise plot, where it's like, mm-hmm. this guy wants to kill this guy. Yeah. And he wants to take that, and Jennifer got in the way. Jennifer is somehow in the way, so he needs to get rid of Jennifer. Simple, clean, very enjoyable. Mm-hmm. I like Jonathan and Jennifer's interactions together. Max was funny. Freeway was cute. <laughs> was he? Jennifer <laughs> is reading Tricksters with Ma- with uh, Freeway on the couch, and she's reading stuff about uh, the monster in the play or whatever. And she turns to Freeway and says. You're not a monster. You're just my little baby. Oh, yeah. And I was like, ah, that's yeah, a true true. dog owner statement. That's what we always call Boba. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Little She's baby. Like, yeah, little baby. But yeah, it's a three. Uh, I'm going to go with a four because Ooh. I love a community theater centric <laughs> episode. There were just enough characters. There weren't really any superfluous characters, which I love. The story was slightly convoluted, but in a way that I could track pretty well. So, and I love the villain being his motivation was not money it was passion Mm. and he's insane and i really love that song that he wrote and it was just it clipped along at a great pace there weren't any real long boring stretches it was a really good paced episode Hmm. i also give it a three it's for me this episode is perfectly fine um it does harken back to any number of, of countless classic mysteries like the theater is always ripe for um all sorts of characters so i like that i i love uh listening to jerry stiller fake laugh over and over and over again (laughs) i could just do a loop of that that would be really solid to me i like talking to plants and i like when people name their plants and have affection for them because that matters so i like that um yeah i mean this is this episode is perfectly fine like i don't I like it a little bit more than just being like, it's fine. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just just a, a tick above just being like it right in the middle for me. Yeah. I mean, I would kind of half watch this again. I would watch this. I mean, I obviously have watched it more than once, mm-hmm. but I would watch it like, you know, if I'm in my hotel room at the end of the day, <laughs> but I'm not going to stay in my hotel room to finish watching it before I go about uh, my business. Not at noon. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I'll 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 watch this one on rewatch. I I liked it enough. Yeah, it's perfectly fine. It was yeah. charming. I, I felt it was and Jerry charming. Stiller and Jerry Stiller. Yeah, uh, that's a ten, which is the it just just eked out a heart attack. Yeah, that sounds good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it like works. That, that like works that. for me. Yeah. Ellen, the oh. next episode oh is our gosh. last episode. This uh, is it. what is it going to be? The finale. Well, I'm glad you asked next week and it's our final like joyce joe's pointing out it's our final episode of the show for season two wow where does the time go uh into a big black wormhole in outer space apparently yeah. into the pandemic okay. <laughs> in, right. into covid originally airing on may 26th 1981 our final episode for season two next week we'll be talking about Blue Chip Murder. Mm. The hearts return home and find their house ransacked. 
During the cleanup, they discover a hidden hallway and vault. Oh my God. What? The Hearts and their friend Ida are sealed in the vault when the crooks return to claim the municipal bonds hidden there. Panic room episode. I'm so excited for this. I love a hidden room. (laughs) That is the exact. Isn't that a panic room? Isn't that the plot of the panic room with uh, Jodie Foster? Well, no. Yeah, because the the crooks need what's in the room, don't they? Isn't that why they can't leave? <laughs> That's why. <laughs> Ooh, they have can't you ever leave. been in a panic room? No, have you? Does my apartment yes. count? I panic. I panic <laughs> in all these rooms. Yeah, I mean, for yes, that's a panic one bedroom. For a year, I've been in a panic room. <laughs> yeah. What panic room have you been in? Oh, I can't say. Oh, but it's really weird. What? Are you okay now? Hmm? Are you okay? Yeah. Is it? A, <laughs> You need to like Is this a panic room? <laughs> I guess the hearts wouldn't probably know every room in their house. I mean, how many bedrooms do you think that house has? We can look it up. It has like we six, can look probably. Uh, I just, I always dreamed of like finding a hidden room in a house that I was in. Mm. Always. We have one underneath with our unfinished basement here. That yeah, you can go into that's just you scary want. as fuck. And yeah. I don't want to think about that. <laughs> human sized doors that lead under our apartment. And we have human sized heating grates in our floor. And don't worry, the heat doesn't work, which is why we are both bundled up right now. <laughs> yeah, it's cold as because it's here. freezing. We're in LA, and I'm I sorry. I thought it was you just going for new looks. Sorry, how obtuse of me. <laughs> this is so obnoxious to anyone that that lives outside of LA. But it's it's 45 degrees in Los Angeles, <laughs> but it's probably like how do you live? 40? Well, the buildings here are not made for weather under 70 degrees so it's actually cold and our heat doesn't work in front of the window i was working at all day our window are single pane you can hear the traffic through them heat and cold it felt like i was sitting in front of a fridge that was just radiating coldness into me it the windows in this building are so old and i'm gonna i'm gonna continue to use this cold as an excuse for why i refused to get out of bed this morning (laughs) cold is your building it's not crippling depression oh it's uh from from like the what is this? Twenties, thirties? This the building? building? Yeah, thirties, I think. Oh, my place is nineteen twenties. It's also a motorcycle garage. Oh, but it has double pane windows now. Oh, nice. Jealous. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And it's probably like thirty degrees. They think it's going to snow tomorrow. Oh man. You, do you have heat though? Also. Um. Do you have space heaters? I have <laughs> two space heaters. Yeah. yeah. Oh, nice. We have two space heaters the and gallery one, of them, sort of, one of them exploded. Yeah. <laughs> oh no. Remember the we were during an episode. Space. <laughs> oh, that crazy sound. The gallery storefront has radiant floor heating because that's not from the 20s. They poured concrete over the dr- original driveway. So it's very warm in the gallery. Nice. Where I don't go ever <laughs> yeah. during COVID. Mm. So. That's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> the art is very temperate. The coziest art in all the land. <laughs> well, should we say goodnight, Freeway? Because I have to go to the bathroom. Yeah. Uh, thank you guys all for listening. Uh, next week is our last episode of season two. But mm. don't worry. Hope we are continuing good. on for the next three seasons and eight movies to let you know what we think of Heart to Heart. Uh, follow finale. us on Twitter and Instagram. Both are at It Was Murder Pod. Send us your minute maxes. Please, please, please. We love them. Uh, rate and review mm. us on the Apple iTunes app. Give us five stars and just say bleh. Um, email us at itwasmurderpod at gmail.com. 
Freeway is not a little monster. He's my sweet little baby. Good night, Freeway. Good night, Freeway. Good night, Freeway. Good night, freeway.